You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. I am at Roto Librarian, Ryan Livergood. Joining me this evening is at Fantasy George underscore Will. Did I say that right? I almost said at Fantasy uh, John. I mean, you really stumbled through it. It's at, at Fantasy, Fantasy Joe, Joe underscore, underscore Will. And I'm up to 506 Twitter followers. Yeah, now. baby. It's Will uh, Greenwood from the Pillow Palace. What's so I'm about, to, I'm about to drop the biggest bomb of a tweet to just blow your fantasy minds here in the coming years. It's, it's going to happen. <laughs> 2022. Mark your calendar, no, it, folks. It could, it, it could come tomorrow. Who knows? I have this, like, I, I, you know, I've, I've run all the analytics. I've watched all the film from 1962 until now, and I got some takes, Ryan. Mm, can't wait to hear those uh, takes from the 60s. It's going to be fantastic. So, Will, let's jump right into it. We have a lot to discuss, a lot of information on the show sheet. Um, I just want to jump into the Chase Claypool moments and the Zach Ertz letdowns of week number five. Um, and I want to start off by talking about Justin Herbert because Justin Herbert is a guy that really got very little respect going into the 2020 season, your rookie drafts. If, if you are in a Superflex league, like you, if you're a listener of us, you probably are almost exclusively in Superflex leagues. Um, Justin Herbert's a guy you probably get in late, late first, early second round in some cases. And Will, he looks like the real deal. I'm not declaring him the best quarterback of the 2020 rookie class, but I mean, he, he, he looks legit. I mean, he looked, he, he's looked amazing so far. He, he went into New Orleans and just about pulled off an upset. And frankly, oh, it wasn't his fault have. that they lost. He, they should have won that game. It, so far, though, I feel like it's really not been his fault that they've lost. Maybe no. that, like, like, I think the first game he threw an interception would be the second one. But this one was not, not on him whatsoever. Uh, that, that defense has to play better and stop letting the other opponents run up the scoreboard. And then another charger another charger kick hits the field goal post or misses, but that's just like classic. You got to know that's going to happen. You might as well go for it at fourth down chargers or throw like an end zone pass. Cause there's going to be a more likely chance that that happens versus a, a last second kick. I mean, can you think of a different team? And maybe this is just me and, and what I remember of, of a team that has missed more last second field goals in the regular season, Ryan. So exclude your bears uh, to lose games. The Chargers have been just plagued by this, but yeah, uh, so Ryan, I think right now at this point in time, Herbert is the best rookie quarterback, and I don't think it's close. Right now, for sure. Right now, for sure. But yeah, uh, through five weeks, like you have yeah. to love what you're seeing from Herbert. And if you think about that team, you know, on offense, he lost Keenan Allen in that game. He didn't have Austin Eckler. Um, so with all due respect, uh, um, you know, Kelly and, and Justin Jackson. I mean, those guys are. I think they're just kind of guys, honestly. So he didn't have that helping on defense. Um, they're, they're what they're short, uh, James, German James, since they have been from the beginning, the last drew tranquil, one of their linebackers, they're down, um, Melvin Ingram, one, one of their defensive ends. So, I mean, they're just decimated that team and, and, and really he's kind oh, of the glue holding... only playing on third downs. He, and he, yeah. Right. He right. That game too. Like, yeah. I mean, he's kind of the glue to hold them together. It's, it's pretty exciting and, and I'm, I'm really pumped about it. So. That's one of my uh, Chase Claypool moments of the week. We don't have to talk about Chase Claypool because it's, it's obvious uh, the great game he had. But, um, you know, if it wasn't for Chase Claypool, we, we might be calling this the Justin Herbert uh, moments of the week because it's just that exciting and thrilling and, you know, all the um, 
Justin Herbert's I have on my rosters, which wasn't because I, I targeted him. It was just kind of luck. It was like, well, it's the late first round, and this is probably value, so I'm going to take him. It, you know, it, it's it's going to pay off. So Yeah, it's one of those moments, too, in, like, rookie drafts when you see, like, the 110 go by and Herbert hasn't gone to Superflex, and you're, you're thinking about trying to make an offer to move up, and you don't, and now regret sets in. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's always next year and the other, you know, quarterback that gets drafted in the, in the top six, and we just don't believe in them for whatever reason, and they slip, maybe. So Yeah, but I think I think this the Herbert so far, at least, and we'll have to see how the rest of the year goes and how it, you know, transitions. He's not Daniel Jones. He, it's not that type of no. flash. It's not yeah. that Mitch Trubisky t- type of flash. flash. It's, a, he, it's legitimate uh, waiting, keeping his eyes downfield, you know, carrying the receiver core. Yeah. Yeah, what's great about Justin Herbert is that he seems to have those intangibles in terms of, you know, cool under pressure, you know, processes things quickly, good decision maker. I mean, he makes some mistakes, but all rookie quarterbacks do. And he has those physical traits, the the, the size, the arm, he, you know, he, 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 can, he can run a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, he's a full package. It's, it's super exciting. So, Anyway, enough, I, we can go on and on Justin Herbert. I, I, I love him. I, I'm just, I just, it's just a great story. Huge fan. So, um, what, what, what about you? What about some other moments for you, Will, from from week five? Uh, so, I want to start off with one. I've been, we've been talking about Henry Ruggs, Ryan, and of course, Henry Ruggs, uh, big hands man of the week. Uh, it's he's just that he's back in, in game action, and he flashed exactly what we thought he was going to be as a deep threat. And at the beginning, he can, he can become more, he can do more than offense. But it's nice to see rookie wide receivers, especially in fantasy, go like come back in off of an injury and it just like boom, just a little bit. I know it was only two catches for 118 yards. One of them was just huge. It was like a 72 or 74 yard touchdown. But let's, uh, I, I'm just happy to have him back after this. And now they'll, they'll go through their bye week, they'll recover a little bit more. And we can get more of Henry Ruggs and really understand what his value is moving forward. But it's just, it's just fun. You know, if uh, Jalen Rager comes back and does a similar thing or, ha- you know, you know, maybe manufactures a little bit more like uh, catches, but same kind of yards and touchdowns, this is, uh, this is fun. So that was one of the highs is a rookie wide receiver coming back and, and post- posting some big stats. Yeah, he's exciting. and I'm glad he's healthy. Um, you know, the Raiders have a bye this week, so we won't see him again, but uh, for, for you know, a couple more weeks. But I, I like the rug story too. Another guy, Will, that I think slipped a little bit um in in rookie drafts because uh, you know people question him because his lack of college production um i mean you know in terms of uh, certain analytics that people look at obviously he, he produced in college he had some big plays but um yeah rugs is a guy I, I i like a lot and, and i was very excited to, to see him play well uh, although albeit just two catches but you know big play i mean that and, game was amazing too yeah, how about the Raiders t- t- taking down Kansas City? I mean, it makes so that, no sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but it it was great to watch. And I I'm a big fan of Kansas City. I I, I typically cheer for them when when I'm watching those games, but I just couldn't help but cheer for the the Raiders. And it's it's just a great story, and it's fun to 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 um you know see that the the Kansas City Chiefs won't necessarily just you know go undefeated and just walk through the whole NFL. That they they can be beaten. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's good for fantasy that the Chiefs learned a lesson that don't stop scoring points ever. I mean, I know they were behind most of that, like a good portion of that game at least. So, but yeah, they, and, need to, they need to score like 45. Let's go. Yeah, and, and the blueprint, I think, for, the, for beating the Chiefs, of course, is just the, you know, the time of possession. You know, the 
that that drive towards the end of the game that the Raiders had. How long that was that 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 last uh, touchdown scoring drive? I mean, it was it was a long drive, just really unbelievable. So uh, you know, they had some drives like that when they they beat the Saints on, on that Monday Night Football game uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Khalil Mack, let, let's go back to Thursday night and and, and the Bears and uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, that. I, you know, I, I know the Bears are not an elite, you know, football team. They're not in the upper echelon of the NFL this year, but I think they're a little bit better than people are giving them credit for. And, um, I, you know, they're probably going to squeak into the playoffs and be one and done. I realize that if, if they, they get lucky enough to get the playoffs, but just, it was great seeing Khalil Mack just, just show up and, and just dominate that game and, and, and really get to Tom Brady and uh, Tom Brady looks rattled, you know, um, obviously people made a lot of jokes about the, the four at the at the end of the game, Brady was confused uh, on what down it was, but it was just it was great to see Khalil Mack just come out and just just crush you know you know the, uh, the Bucks. Uh, it was that was a lot of fun for me. So I I, I know Khalil Mack has limited you know uh, fantasy value for most people. A lot of people don't play IDP like I do, but I, I just I just love seeing that performance by Khalil Mack. So I had to mention it. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, the, the Bears winning that game was it's just fun for the NFL. Okay. Yeah. Again, okay. it's just. You know, the everybody took the, the the Buccaneers in that game, and you know the Bears kind of took it to them. So, my my next one is uh, AJ Brown's return on Tuesday night. Tuesday night, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, I assume I wonder what, if like the ratings were super high for that game. If the NFL doesn't just look at it next year and be like, well, they will have a Monday and Tuesday night game, and it may push push back a little bit. So we'll see. But he just you know from what I saw, and I didn't see the entire game, but I saw most of it. He just he just looks good. It's, AJ Brown is just so good, and, and coming back after the injury and all the things that they've had happening and the lack of practices and things like that, I was just really excited. Again, one of those receivers were deciding on where his value lands, you know, in, in the rankings or what you'd be willing to give up. But uh, at the end of the day, it's you know the more elite talent we can have at each skill position, when they come back and they perform well, it, it kind of calm like calms your worries before you had them. Yeah, no, it was great, great to see him play well. And yeah, AJ Brown, if you've forgotten, because because we haven't seen him since week one, yeah, he's a real deal. He's he's very talented, and it, it's good to see him back. It's it's always good to see these studs return because we, as we've talked about the last several weeks, we've we've been missing so many of these uh, stud football players that that we really expect to contribute to our fantasy teams and, and just make it more enjoyable to watch NFL football in general. So yeah. Um, it, it, AJ Brown is 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 back and and that's a fun team to watch. The Titans are very interesting. Ryan Tannenhill, I I I heard a stat or, or read a stat on Twitter somewhere that um um it, it, is it true? I don't know if we can track this down. That um if you, if you go back to a certain point of last season, Ryan Tannenhill and um and and Fitzmagic are like QBs two and three in fantasy <laughs> between like a certain point of last year. And now I, I mean that's crazy. Um, and maybe that's not exactly true, but they're, they're both QB ones. If you go back to the middle of next year and now that's it. So that's, that's fun. Um, and, and Tannehill is on my list, honestly. Um, Fitz magic going in and, and beating the 49ers and, and putting up big numbers. Um, I know some people are disappointed with his performance against the Seahawks, including myself, but you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is um, it, it, you know, it's, it's making it hard to get Tua in, in into the games, huh? I mean, they're yeah. contenders, the Dolphins. Well, it's, just, it's, just, it's just weird. It, it just Fitzmagic, Fitzmagic. He performs in a game you don't expect him to do as well, and in the game that he's supposed to blow up, he doesn't go off as much as you think. 
Always rolling the dice. I, I mean, I think it's kind of a no-brainer, I guess, to start him this week against the Jets. But in the back of your head, you've you got to worry a little bit if you're putting him in there that even though it's the Jets, he could have one of those games, Will, where the magic is not working. I mean, Ryan, the, <laughs> the theme of this podcast, I feel like at this point in time, for players that are performing well and can go to a better team, like the Niners should just trade for Fitzpatrick. It's magic. It's always the Niners. How much you always that? want an absolute like <laughs> starter to go to the Niners, like all the time. Like at an alpha, like big, fast, great route running wide receiver one. Trade him the Niners. Send Adrian Green there. Maybe he'll get remotivated. Yeah. Well, you know, Le'Veon Bell after he got cut. Send Why him not? The Niners. Why yeah. not? Oh, Fred that was Patrick. You know what you should do? The Niners should trade for him. It's always the Niners. It always that's where all roads lead to players where they could end up in trades anyway. that would be fun if we could just make something happen just like one day become the gm for the niners and, and make those deals happen you know just just whatever you need to do yeah it's and, like get Patrick and get aj green and get Le'Veon bell just oh that would be that'd be crazy um because you want to know who would make aj green shine somehow ryan fitzpatrick <laughs> <laughs> they'd be motivated man I, I think aj green part of it is just you know uh, probably he's disgusted with his well he's just older and he's not as talented because he's older but um change of scenery probably would would help him a little bit and yeah, should love the yeah, belt yeah and those older players they're, they're just not right like I, they're just not ready to, to lose all the time and get beat up the whole game like they, they want to extend their careers they want to go larry fitzgerald style and, and play for a longer time and have more money in the bank when they finish their career and on a losing team when there are you know if they're Especially on like the franchise tag, if you're, it's already guaranteed, it's they're just not motivating. It, it's a weird fit that they they brought him back, honestly, to, to Cincinnati. And uh, honestly, the Cincinnati is better served to to trade him for whatever they can get. And you know, hopefully, they'll get a high draft pick and they can help their offensive line that needs help. So, um, last moment on my list is you know it's an obvious one but dk metcalf and we were talking a little bit about dk metcalf before we started recording well and i think this may sound um kind of silly to say but i think maybe some people are sleeping on how valuable dk metcalf is and and i was i was late to the the bandwagon i i don't have dk metcalf on any of my fantasy rosters and I just, I just didn't see it. I just thought, you know, he's he obviously physically, he's really talented. He's, he's super fast. He's amazing um, in terms of a, a physical specimen, so to speak. But I just didn't see him, you know, putting it together in terms of, um, you know, improving his route running and, 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 and those intangibles, but he has, and we've seen it. I've seen enough of it. Will to think that if he's not the number one wide receiver in dynasty, he at least belongs in the conversation and I think there are some people out there that think that's a little bit crazy, but I don't. I, I mean, w- what more do you need? Um, he, he, he is, um, what is he, 22 years old, I think, 23. Um, he is attached to Russell Wilson, who's not going anywhere, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, if not the best. You can certainly have that argument. Um, yeah, I, I know that he's not getting peppered with targets like some other guys, but you know, look at the air yards. Look, look how efficient Russell Wilson is. Just, just look at the tape, and you see how good DK Metcalf is. So, Will, I, I think that we're sleeping on DK Metcalf. The breakout continues, and I, I still think there's a window to buy him here because I think his value will only continue to rise barring injury. Yeah, it would be tough, I think, to pay for him at this moment unless it was a team that's in like a rebuild and they're they're still not there yet. You know, they 
as part of the rebuild, they got DeAndre Swift and Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins. You know, it's not really going to work out this maybe this year. But again, like he's such a great future asset. It'd be such. Yeah, I mean, you would have to pull DK Metcalf away from my like cold dead hands. Well, you'd I'd have to get really wild with value, Ryan. Yeah. Well, what if what if something like um a guy like DJ Moore plus for DK Metcalf because DJ Moore is a guy that I I really love, but I I. I'm starting to think that maybe his ceiling is a little bit capped. I don't know that DJ Moore could ever be the number one wide receiver in dynasty where DK Metcalf can. And there are people that love DJ Moore. And I know the shine has worn off him a little bit as the season has progressed, but you know, the owner that couldn't get DJ Moore on the off season, you, you offer DJ Moore plus, you know, like David Montgomery or something, if they need running back help, do you think that that could possibly get it done in some weeks? I mean, yeah, I guess if you're like desperate for running back help, I just don't know. Like DJ Moore's value hasn't like it hasn't gone up during this off season. No, well, the, the you mean the the regular season? Oh yeah, during yeah. the regular season, yeah. It's yeah. it's just it's just tough. Like if I were the DK Metcalf owner, I don't know why I wouldn't just wait it out. I like he he, I would want something substantial on top of that, and I, I don't know if Montgomery would cover it. Yeah, oh, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I, I listen. It w- it would take a lot to get DK Metcalf, but um, it might be worth it. Like if you have Saquon Barkley, you think you can you can you can send Barkley for DK Metcalf? Yeah, I think depending on team build, you could easily do that. Maybe maybe a little bit more. You could get DK Metcalf and Raheem Mostert or, or something like that, a guy to help you. I'm and not saying you should. That'd be a nice deal. A nice little like side piece to like fill in for that running back. If you're sending Saquon, get DK DK Metcalf and Raheem Mostert for this year. Yeah, I mean, it's just a thought. I'm not saying saying you should do that, but um, it, I think it's worth the conversation, especially if you're uh, if, if you got a roster, you've got Saquon on there, and you know you you are loaded at running back, and, and you need some wide receiver help. Uh, you know why not? Uh, and, and I don't think you're going to feel bad about the year five years down the road, even if Saquon comes back and is the Saquon we we hope he will be. Um, if DK Metcalf continues on this trajectory, you know you're going to feel good about it. Yeah, uh, maybe like DK Metcalf and James Robinson. There you go. I like anyway. that. Yeah, so DK Metcalf, I'm, I'm looking at where he ranks, and it looks like he is – I got him as the number four wide receiver on the season. So he's right yeah, there. Yeah, and has their you know, your ADP going, and Metcalf is wide receiver five right now. Okay. So yeah. he is moving up quickly, but I think we're, we're quicker to react. I think, Ryan, we're seeing the effects of last year's wide receiver boom that we had. You know, with McLaurin and G.A. Chark and all those things like that, where they continue to produce throughout the season. But Metcalf is different than those guys. He's significantly different in a good way. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's go to our Zach Ertz let's, letdowns. And we, we gave it to Zach Ertz this week because I, it's just too depressing to it give it to Could have been last week. Could, could have been last week. Could, could be most weeks this year. Um, and, and you know, off the top, you know, it's it's obvious, but I got to mention the Dak injury. Just it's just sad and, and depressing. And whether whether you had him on your fantasy team or not, it's it's no good for for the NFL. I mean, I guess it's a little bit fun. We could see what Andy Dalton could do as a starter in Dallas. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, but um, but otherwise, it's it's not it's 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 no bueno. Well, um, so that's my first letdown. What about yours? Where, where, where's your first letdown? Well, what I finally well with with uh. Zach Prescott, I finally cemented in my brain what a compound fracture means. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> you and know that, what? I mean, I, I, that I, happened before, but I never really 
like fully committed it to memory. And then anytime like compound fracture comes, it's been talked about all the time too. That right. it just means the bone breaks. The thing about the deck injury too is I saw it happen and he just kind of like pointed. It didn't look that dramatic when he first pointed at it because he wasn't like reeling in pain or anything like that. But I was like, ooh, either his shoe came off or his foot came off. <laughs> and What's one of those shoe? one of those is very bad. Yeah. Uh, and so but part of the Zach Zachers let's down let downs of the week is Zacherts has a total of 15 yards in the past two games, Ryan. That, Ooh, that, that, bad, huh? that should be an overall letdown in general. But, yeah, uh, it, yeah, that's so bad. It's so healthy, sad. healthy recovery to Dak, and the Niners should trade for him. So let's go. <laughs> um, it, one uh, kind of a side note here with, with injuries is: is it just me or? has the coverage of injuries gotten really, really great? I mean, there are a lot of people that are doing it out there and, and like, you know, obviously there's, there's Dr. Chow there, there's Stefania with ESPN, of course, those are the kind of the big names, but then you, you, you've got a lot of other guys, you know, our, our friend, uh, Ethan Turner, friend of the show. Um, a lot of people are, are doing the injury coverage and, and they're all really good. Um, so I, I think that's, I feel like that's something that's really evolved in, in the fantasy community um, over the past several years that we didn't have as in-depth coverage. Cause I, I feel like you really have a good idea of what's going to happen with the guy. Oh, doctor, I got to mention Dr. Gene Bramble with football guys. Um, so whether it's people that have been around like Dr. Gene for a while or people that are newer, like, like Ethan, I, I feel like we really know what's going on with injuries. I mean, do you feel yeah. the same way or is it just me? We get a t- like ton of analysis of exactly what's happened. They try to find the best resources because again, it's this uh fantasy football competitive landscape we're in Ryan where, it's competitive now. The injury landscape is competitive. Like you got to have the best injury news. You got to know exactly what happened to what ligament and try to find whatever resource you can to promote it. And that's big because teams are not going to tell you. Like they're always going to, like I feel like, share the bare minimum uh, of what's going to happen. The one thing with the injury landscape too, right? It, it's uh, all it, it's tough with like analytics with predicting injury in the NFL. Like who's going to get hurt next? like the injury prone label for their injuries they've had in college. You're like Metcalf never played a full season. Now he seems to be fully healthy, you know, things like that. So the, it, it, the more information you have, the better. And it also makes his fantasy football so much more fun. So I appreciate all those guys. Yeah. Um, other letdowns for me, uh, Deontay Johnson, um, you know, I, I guess you could put Juju on this list too, but Deontay Johnson has left early the past couple of games, you know, the back injury uh, probably helped um, lead the way for Chase Claypool, at least partially to have that huge day that he did. I, I would, I, I can, I dare say that if Deontay Johnson was healthy that game, that Chase Claypool wouldn't have scored four touchdowns in that game. I think it's fair to I say. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, who knows? We'll, we'll never know. Maybe, but, maybe Claypool would have had five touchdowns because of less coverage, right? Yeah, I guess. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I think he'll be back um, uh, this week. But I made a I made a trade for Deontay Johnson in a, in a keeper league, and it's, it was a, the first first uh, first time I've had Deontay Johnson on one of my rosters because I was excited. I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of buying in because I wasn't on, I wasn't on the Deontay Johnson train. So I'm like, yeah, I got him. Uh, I, you know, I, I traded Mike Davis to the CMC owner in the league and, and I got also got back Naheem Hines just for fun. So I was excited to start him. And then what happened to Deontay Johnson? So <laughs> that was a bit of a letdown, but it's, a, it's just a bit of a letdown that well, guy, a lot of people have been excited about has, has gone out early. So I, d- I just hope this isn't a, a sign of things to come for Deontay Johnson. Yeah. It's a letdown of the player. It looks so good. 
start, you know, starts missing games, especially like missing partial games, because that's really going to affect his like yearly uh, ranking and value. Like we go to the offseason, Ryan, nobody remembers these moments that he went out like a, a, like part into that game. They're going to be like, they're looking at his overall targets and his share and what he's done over the season. So for value, that definitely sucks for Deontay Johnson. Yeah. So you may have maybe maybe it's by level in the offseason. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe and maybe it's, maybe it is like there's a window now. I I don't think you can overestimate sometimes with certain uh, fantasy players and, and dynasty players to the um like recency bias. Like you um you know you you have Deontay Johnson and you see what Claypool did and, and the fact he hasn't really done anything for you for two weeks because of injury and then for a week because of the you know missing the game because of the, the COVID thing with the, the Titans. I, I do think there are windows and maybe it's not like you can get him for 50 cents of the dollar, but maybe he is acquirable when he wasn't three weeks ago. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, so I guess I'll, get, I'll share my first low, Ryan. Uh, that was the, let's not forget the Scotty Miller donut of Thursday night, your waiver wire pickups of the week in your redraft leagues. Yeah. I knew, I knew he was questionable coming into the week, but then just, uh, just didn't, didn't really do anything. I mean, Tyler, it's, it could be a high that Tyler Johnson, you know, flashed and did some things, but I was just, just absolutely shocked by that. It, it was weird. It was really weird that he put up a donut. I mean, that was a, a big surprise and let down that Scotty Miller didn't do anything. Yeah. Cause again, Scotty Miller, if he had another big game, it gives, you know, it's so much more fun and hope for the, for the dynasty podcast world. And then uh, I'll just roll into my second one, Ryan, since you, you went. I, I kind of jumped. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. The the Jonathan T- Taylor fantasy point struggles at the beginning are a letdown for me, just because I want to see more. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like I, 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 I just want the, I want the hype to roll. I want that offensive line to crush, and I want Jonathan Taylor to pop so hard. Yeah, uh, it, uh, it's I shouldn't say struggles. It just is like it, it's just kind of like eh. That whole that whole team is kind of and eh, that Indianapolis Colts team, um, especially when it comes to fantasy. I just I, I, you know, um, and it, I hope that Jonathan Taylor just just comes on and and just you know wins people their leagues this year. But I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, I I, I I don't know. It's it's that's probably just you know me being pessimistic. But these rookie some of these rookie running backs have to have to pop. We'll, we'll talk more about that later, I guess. Um, I'll go ahead and mention another one of mine, kind of along the same lines. Uh, Clyde Edwards, Elair, um, just kind of crushed me in DFS, particularly my cash lineups, because I, I just thought he was so, uh, like, so locked in for for cash, and and that was a mistake. And I, I should have, uh, you know, I, I just kind of thought, well, he, he's going to have some touchdowns this week because he hasn't really seen the end zone. Um, uh, but but you know, not, not that he had. Well, yeah, his game was pretty bad. He did not have a great game, so that was disappointing for me. That was a big letdown because uh, yeah. I just thought Ceh was due for a big game, and it didn't. It- and after week one, we I feel like we're just waiting for that next like really big game from him. Yeah, yeah, we are. It's just, just you know, I mean, if you if you you know, if looking at him for the season, you know, he he's still number the number twelve running back, and that I think that sells you more about the running back landscape than anything else. Is I don't think it means yeah. like you could feel good. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's number thirteen, so um, you know, you got to start those guys, but. I don't feel I, when I put those guys in my lineup, I don't feel like, Oh, I've got the got a running back one this week. Um, I, but yeah, it's such a weird list. Go ahead. That Jonathan Taylor is still number 13. I mean, week one, he had six targets. And since then uh, he has totaled seven, seven targets. targets. Like yeah. that's, that's pretty wild. 
it is wild it is wild um yeah i i mean yeah it's just the, this list is just just interesting when you i wonder how james- much money you could have won having james robinson being like after week five james robinson be the number one rookie running back like yeah post draft right a thousand bucks on that one so anyway the right let's, let, let's talk about logan thomas Oh yeah, oh, Thomas. I want we to Logan so Tom- Thomas happened so bad. I want to be the next Darren Waller. And right at this point in time, he's sitting on 32 targets and 14 catches. So it's like it's and it, the last couple of weeks have just been bare. And he scored that. I think he scored the touchdown like week one or two. Made the Logan Thomas hype train going, but that offense just isn't good. Yeah, it's disappointing, and, and just what's gonna that the offense will not get much better because what are they gonna do at quarterback? Will I mean, it, 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 Dwayne Haskins? You know, it just the, the I I think I shared with you on Voxer. I'm sure our listeners probably heard about the reports out of Washington that he wasn't like fully preparing for the game. He wasn't putting the work in, and his teammates were like, you know, you got you got to put the work in, and um, you know, Kyle Allen, ugh, gross, and and poor poor Alex Smith. That should have been one of the moments, by the way. How do we forget about Alex Smith? Yeah, I mean, even though he was horrible, just the fact that he got back in the field. What a what a great story. Um, but but yeah, it, Logan Thomas is disappointing, and I just don't. It's, it's not going to get better for him because the it's they're a dumpster fire. That yeah, and Alex Smith is going to struggle in any game where Aaron Darnold is on his back the entire time. Well, that's true. I mean, yeah, the Rams' defense is is really, really good. Um, uh, yeah, especially the the pressure they're putting quarterbacks. So, yeah, that's that's good. Point. Yeah, that that paired with just a poor offense, and they could just pin their ears back and go. It was just, oh, ooh, come on. But Ryan, we talked about it. the Washington football team is a dumpster fire of an organization. So that can that can have effects on Dwayne Haskins overall like motivation to to be prepared and, and it might have been a fluke coming into this season and but who knows he might just be uh oh what's Josh Rosen out of there you know again maybe they tank and maybe just they'll have to compete with the Falcons because the Falcons don't have a win yet but yeah um okay um any last well well i'll mention my my last letdown just just a just a bad day for everyone's favorite handsome quarterback uh jimmy g um just you know just uh, probably injury related but um the niners are in trouble this year will i I think it's safe to say at this point i I mean there's still hope and they can still bounce back but uh it hasn't started Uh, off well for them yeah it's going really bad I've seen and, conspiracy theory that that just feeds into my conspiracy theory, Ryan. Yeah, but but you got to mention your last your last letdown, which I think is a big one. Oh, it's just no Thursday night football this week, with yeah. the shift from Tuesday. You know, the Bills playing on Tuesday; they're supposed to play the Chiefs on Thursday. That can move back to Monday. It's it's weird that we got Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of football, but this is the first Thursday in the season for a while that we haven't had it. Yeah, ESPN kind of probably ESPN probably has some. You know, like um, I don't know who plays. Is is it the um, the MAC? Do they play on Thursday nights? And that's like Tuesday nights, isn't it on ESPN? Well, I, and the a smaller lot of, conferences in college football are all messed up too. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, college football. I, it's hard for me to keep track and who's playing. I guess the Big Ten's coming back. Is it this weekend? Is that right? No, it's the twenty third or fourth, oh, or like whatever that Saturday is, the twenty third. But then you got like the you know the the Florida Gators, where one minute they're gonna open up their stadium to all the fans, the next minute they can't feel the team to play the LSU Tigers. I mean, yeah, it's it's great. It's yeah, it, it, I think I think the college football is kind of like the wild wild west because uh, you know the NFL 
at least they have these protocols in place and there's consistency. And, and I really do wonder what's going on with these college programs and, and what they're doing. I think it's probably all over the board. Some are probably taking it very seriously and some probably are not. But yeah, I remember the kickoff of the season too, like Mike Leach uh, from Mississippi State. It's Mike Leach, right? Am I getting that wrong? Uh, you, you, honestly, you're you're talking about really uh, college. I'm so I'm so checked out of college football. Ky- Kylan, year, so. Kylan Hill's receiving stats when it comes to like metrics for projections in the NFL are going to be insane because oh, he took that Washington State offense. That's right. That's why everyone likes. State. Yeah, that's why everyone likes Max Max Borgie and 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 Debbie because of those crazy <laughs> receiving stats. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's transition. You got you got some good stuff. Well, you got you got it um, on the show sheet. So. I'm not even call, knowing what we're calling this segment, but, but are you calling it um, fun stats of the week? Are we calling it conspiracy theories of the week? What, what are we calling this thing? Well, these are my, well, also another, let me give my last like high of the week. Ryan is one Todd Gurley uh, led, I know it's pivoting back to highs, but he was your leading rusher in the NFL this week. Can you name the second leading rusher? Leading rusher in the NFL this past week. In yards, just just total yards. I'm thinking, in yards, in week. Didn't Raheem Mostert actually have decent yardage on the ground? Nope, it was Alexander Madison. We don't have time for all the thought <laughs> process. Uh, yeah, but Alexander Madison ended up as number two, so that was kind of a, a, a interesting. Oh, I didn't really, really get in the game until the second half. Also, Davin Cook has seven rushing touchdowns through five weeks, which is pretty insane. Wow. Uh, yeah, Madison the, wheels up at least at least this week, right? Wheels week six. I can't wait. I mean, yeah, the Vikings have no reason after paying Dalvin Cook to like push him out there and have him risk like having his leg like torn off. And honestly, come on, Vikings, let's tank. So the, the next, you get to tank. They're they're um, oh, who who was talking about this? I think it was actually um, um, Hogan Johns, which is a, a, a Chicago Bears podcast. They're, they they. Um, uh, John's writes for, for the athletic and Hogus with uh, WGN. So they were talking about looking at um, like different, like there's some kind of metric looking at different teams. And um, I think they specifically looking at, at defenses, but like, for, so for the bears, th- their defense is actually one of the worst defenses for, for, for one team ever, even though their defense looked pretty good on Thursday. And then I think metrically in some ways, the Vikings are actually a, a really good team. Like they're actually a really good one and four team. They were, they were, they were saying so i think the vikings will after seeing them um against seattle I, you know i, I think the, the defense is, is much better than it was to start off the year i mean um and I, you know i think their offense looks good i mean they can they can run the ball you know i, I think they can they can throw it enough so I, they have the number two wide receiver in fantasy right now with adam Thielen. so i, I think the vikings are i know you want them to tank but they're pretty they're pretty darn good one in 14. Yeah, just lose the game like they did last time. Let's put up a bunch of fantasy stats for <laughs> our players that are playing and then just let the other team run down the field and score. Just yeah. Kirk, Kirk Cousins is the answer. I feel like the Bills, the way the Bills got like upset, not maybe not upset, but the way they played the Titans was the way the Vikings played the Bills when the Bills were really bad. Like they just, the turnover battle and the pressure and everything like that. At least the Bills showed some life in that one. But anyway, that's a... Uh, a conversation for a different day. I, ho- I mean, I hope that our like our I hope the Vikings defense stays metrically well, but still keeps losing games. <laughs> at one and eight, maybe we can just like turn the card in. But Kirk Cousins' contract isn't really 
great for that 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 kind of develop, development because he has so much guaranteed money. You know, it's 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 hard because he has a forty five million dollar cap hit uh, in twenty twenty two, and he also has a thirty one mil in in twenty twenty one. So you you'd have to kind of figure that out and how you'd want to work it. They might have given him too much guaranteed money. They should have done like a grapple type contract. But anyway, that's the the kind of the reason for Tank. The other conspiracy theory, Ryan, goes back to my Jimmy Garoppolo conspiracy theory. Because mm-hmm. once he started the season, he gets more money guaranteed. But he's always had sup, such a super low dead cap hit, which will lead to our continued wanting for the Niners to trade for somebody else. So... Uh, you know, you know Jimmy Garoppolo basically basically got benched, right? Like, I mean, I know my potentially was injury related, but I, I don't know. Like the after listening like Chris Harris and things like that, it doesn't sound like he was hampered by that ankle. He just played really poorly against the Dolphins. And in 2021, his cap hit is or dead cap hit would be 2.8 million if they cut him, versus a 27 basically a 27 million dollar cap hit uh, for 2021. So they they have they have space to play. But they've they've never played on the offensive side. Yeah, I, I think the problem with like with, with both of these teams, like with the the Vikings and then the 49ers, is if you're gonna um like like okay, with Jimmy Garoppolo, you, you get out of it cheap. Well then what do you do at quarterback? You still have to have a solution. And and clearly it's not CJ Bethard and it's not Nick Mullins. So I mean, you just draft a quarterback. I mean, they're, they're, uh, uh, that team is built to win now. So just like why, why the Vikings brought in Kirk Cousins, if you, if you remember when they brought him in, the landscape was, you know, they're, they, they, you know he's going to be good enough to get us to, to, uh, to a Super Bowl, I think was the thinking. Um, but I think we've seen time and time again, it's very rare for a team led by Trent Dilfer um, to lead your team to, to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you have to have a historically good defense to do that. Um, and it, it doesn't happen very often. I did, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm trying to remember who their quarterback was. Was it Brad Johnson when they won the Super Bowl? Was that right? I could yeah, I could be misremembering. I just feel like he was still Trent Dilfer somehow. <laughs> yeah, but but I, I you know you you had to have this uh, historically good defense for that that model to work. And even then, I think it's pretty dicey. Um, but that's what the NFL the NFL is all about. Your I mean I I hear your argument because you got to have stud quarterbacks to to win the Super Bowl at the end of the day. Maybe you can get there um, with Jimmy G. But, you know, are you going to win? I mean, um, it, 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 I guess there was the, the magical season that Nick Foles led the Philadelphia Eagles. But that was a, a you know, a well-built Eagles team. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I just don't know what, what do the Niners do. Do they – do they because are, are, are they going to finish poorly enough? that I think that they're going to be just good enough where they're not going to have one of those high draft picks. I guess they could always trade up. Yeah, they should trade for Kirk Cousins and take that and, and figure out that contract. Again, Ryan, it goes back to how, like how many players do we want to go to the Niners? But uh, that's the they're going to have to figure something out because he's not going to be the long term answer. So for what, their like, and, and they might not be win now too after all their injuries and how the season's playing out and how the rest of it goes. And what, uh, we'll kind of see the other. So Ryan, I want to just pivot here to the yeah. other veteran player for Dynasty when it comes to value because that was just kind of like fun talk for what NFL teams should do. And maybe with like Garoppolo, just, just to keep in mind, if you have Garoppolo, I don't think he has a lot of trade value right now or what you can do with him. But well, that's what I was going to mention. I was going to, I was going to turn it to like a dynasty superflex uh, type discussion. What, what do you do with Jimmy G? I mean, do you just have to hold him and just hope that, you know, the year gets better or do, do you see the writing on the wall and you try to pivot away? Uh, I mean, cause in the superflex league, I think even a guy like Jimmy G, 
I mean, you could get something of value for him, right? Like, let's say you're just, let's say you're flush with quarterbacks. Let's say you've got Aaron Jones, Russell Wilson, and and even Andy Dalton as your, as your kind of your third QB to play on by weeks. And and you also have Jimmy G on your roster. What what do you, are you just going to hold Jimmy G or try to move him for a piece that can help you? I mean, maybe try to move him to like a, a rebuilding team for a player that's playing well now to try to get a different positional asset. Like, Ryan, would you move Jimmy G for James Robinson in Superflex League if you need like a little bit of running back help in your contender? I don't know. I, I mean, I, like, I, is this I, the time to cut bait? Is this it? <laughs> that would be tough for me to do. That might be the smart move, but but I I, I, I don't know. I I I guess I have a little more faith, and I, I just feel like that's selling really low. Uh, although James Robinson has gone for for you know twenty twenty one first round picks in a lot of leagues, so. Because you're not you're not selling Jimmy G to a contender. The, yeah. No no team that needs an asset to score points week over week probably yeah. is like trying to aspire to grab Jimmy G. But maybe some team wants to take the risk for his value value coming back up, and that's what we try to like pinpoint. Or like you're sending Jimmy G plus something for Cream Hunt, or you know, if if they haven't moved him yet, you, you got to kind of find what there is in the, in your league to where they're willing to take on the risk and you can take on the fantasy points for this year. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly worth a try. I mean, if you're, if you're really stocked at quarterback, I, I probably would, would see what I could do. I mean, shop him around but, would, because, because yeah, I'm, I'm certainly worried about him long-term. Would you take Jimmy G or Nick Foles right now? I was, I was thinking about that. Oh man, that's, that's tough. I mean, cause, cause I think at least with Jimmy G, you're going to, um, I don't know. Let, let's say he does get healthy. I, I think that Niners offense could start rolling. He could have some big weeks for you where Nick Foles, I feel is like a guy that you, you know, maybe he's your third quarterback on your super flex roster and you're plugging him in. Um, like when you, when someone's on by, um, cause, cause I just don't see a lot of games where you're going to start Nick Foles and think, Oh, he's going to really pop this week. I just don't see that happening with this, with his bears offense, the way it's constructed. And you know, that's not the way the bears are going to play, but I, I, you know, I, I hope I'm wrong on that, but I just, don't, <laughs> I just don't see it. I just don't see it. So, I, I mean, yeah, he looks great against the, the. I shouldn't say look great. He put up big numbers against Atlanta Falcons when he came in in relief, but otherwise, Nick Foles has been, um, uh, you know, good NFL quarterback, you know, in the clutch, but but not great for fantasy, obviously. So yeah, they should just start Mitch Trubisky for like the first drive of every game, and then bring in Nick Foles. He'll throw for like four touchdowns. Every game. That's a great idea. I love it. So we're gonna move on to next. Well, you want to talk? You want to talk a little bit about about Julio? Really well, the, the th- so here's the thing about Ryan with Julio's dynasty value because he's out right now. The Falcons are just a kind of a weird dumpster fire of a team. Passing offense is bad. Uh, you know, Gurley was leading rusher last week, which is odd. Uh, and so this kind of comes back to to Julio because he's out. He's older. You know, he's been a depreciating asset. And what I wanted to look at is just quickly, like, what was the the contract for him? So I went and hopped on Track, and he's basically locked in for the next two seasons with pretty heavy dead cap hits to that team. And I know other, like, other teams have cut, you know, like, like you know, Todd Gurley getting cut from the Rams and like that. But I'm pretty sure Julio's locked in there. And I just want to discuss, like, where – where, where you, what, what are your feelings about Julio right now in a place where he's going to be in Atlanta for most likely 2021, the rest of the season, obviously, 2020, uh, sorry, 2020, 2021, and 2022? Um, honestly, 
what do I do with how I have him on my roster? Yeah, or, or like just just in general, like if you were, you know, you know, building a startup team, like are you just avoiding Julio altogether? Oh yeah, you have to. I, I mean, he he's it's start it's starting. To, we're starting to see it. Um, and and when he was younger, I mean, he he's a, obviously a physical freak, and he's always kind of played through these lingering injuries. If if you look at, I'm pulling up his his statistics for his career, and you know, other than um you know so 2013 he played five games but you know 2014 through 2019 you know 15 16 14 16 16 15 games played so um yeah he's missed a couple of games here or there but but, you know pretty durable and has put up these huge numbers it's been very consistent um but but i think we're starting to see the signs of that now where he's certainly not going to play as many games and you know he'll be 32 going into the 2021 season will so um I, i just you know, you, you, these guys are great until they, they show sl- signs of slowing down. Well, he's showing signs of sl- slowing down. So um, I think you're just kind of stuck. I think if you came, went into the season with Julio Jones, uh, hopefully you were a contender and you're like, I know this can go wrong or can go south, but I'm just going to try to ride Julio and, and try, to, try to win a championship with him. Um, I, I think if you decide you're going to pivot away now, I don't know what you're going to get. I, I mean – you're not going to get a first round pick for Julio Jones. I, I just, it's just not going to happen. I can't, especially since he's on the field. <laughs> I mean, it's, if he comes back and puts up big numbers for two or three weeks, could you get a first for him? Maybe, but I, I, I highly doubt it. So I, I don't know. I just think he's kind of a, one of those players. Like, like I think any wide receiver when they turn 30, kind of AJ Green, the th- same thing. I mean, he hasn't been valuable for a while, but if, if you had him on your roster going to the season, you knew it was like, I'm just going to ride him until he's worthless. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's, that's why I think it's so important to, to look at the wide receiver age cliff. And when these guys get, you know, start thinking about, you know, at 27 or 28, um, yes, they could have some really prime huge years. You might miss out on, but if you want to guarantee you get, get your full value out of them, you got to move them. Yeah. It's just the, the thing that surprised me was just this contract is so locked in for the next three years. It's, it's, it's surprising. I'm surprised too. Really, well, that's including this year. I should say this year, and the next two years, is that he, he's gonna probably be in Atlanta, and I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. You know, like what? What again? What if Atlanta goes full tank because they're zero and five? Yeah. So I mean, I mean, could the could the Falcons move Matt Ryan? And would that be good for him? Would that be good for them? Because wait, could Matt Ryan go to the Niners? There you go. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, because I, I think that um, Matt Ryan might benefit from a change of scenery and th- this Falcons team is, is really far away from, from competing. Well, I mean, it's going to be a, a while and, and honestly, it's, it's tough. I think, um, well, I mean, in that, di- in that division, I, I guess it, it really just depends on, I, th- I think Tampa Bay and new Orleans, um, you know, beyond this year, we'll, we'll see what they are. But I, I think that Tampa Bay, the defense, they've got a g- good nucleus. So even when Tom Brady retires, I think they'll still be pretty good. I, th- I think the Saints, I have faith in that franchise, that they'll be competitive after Drew Brees retires. Um, and, and then I think Carolina will ascend here quickly. I mean, they already look really good. Um, and, and we'll just see what where, where Matt Rule can take them in the future. So I, Atlanta's going to be the doormat of that of, of the South and the NFC for a while, I think. So might as well move Matt Ryan. I don't know. Well, I think I was, you're I was waiting for the pause. 
Well, no, it's just uh, <laughs> just waiting for the pause. All right, we're 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 kind dramatic of dramatic pause. We got a lot to talk about tonight, man. We we've got a we still have a lot to get into. Well, we better move on. All right, so Ryan, should I run some fun facts? Let's 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 do some fun facts. Yeah. All right, so I'll I'll try to run through these quickly. So one, uh, Chase Claypool's four touchdown game, and you know touchdowns are fluky and and tough to predict, obviously, but his one game was higher than Robert Woods. Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, and Debo Samuel's entire 2019 total. The reason why I say Christian Kirk and Debo is because they had a lot of hype coming in, especially before Debo got hurt. Uh, Mike Williams, I think we forget that he had uh, over 1,000 yards receiving, but only two touchdowns last year. Uh, It also ties with OBJ's 2019 total uh, total touchdowns and DJ Moore's. Yeah, that, that that that's crazy, um, and so what do you what do you glean from from that stat? Well, other than that's just it's just fun. No, it, it's just it's just that touchdowns are super fluky, <laughs> and be careful about like trying to pay a first for you know Claypool or like buying up. It's uh you can you can kind of have these boom games for a player, but it also goes back to, I mean, what offense has the opportunity for a player like Claypool to score that many touchdowns? Carolina, no wide receivers scoring four touchdowns in offense, right? Arizona, no right. wide receivers scoring four touchdowns in the offense for the most part. You know, San Francisco, things like that. The the Pittsburgh offense does have kind of that like that like really big boom opportunity for players to excel and boom in like one week moving forward. I think that's just to keep in mind when you go to like rookie drafts next year. Like you again, like take players that go to teams that have chances to really excel. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, and, and, you know, teams that uh, I think they have a track record of drafting well, you know, you know I, I know maybe that's a tired narrative and not that the Steelers have done this amazing job always of, of drafting wide receivers, but, um, you know, that's, it's not a, a bad thing to do. And, and if, if you have Chase Claypool on your team and, and rookie drafts, I think you were getting him in the third round. I, I mean, you, you didn't have to reach the second round to get him in, in most leagues. I'm pretty sure you got him in the third and, that's a heck of a nice third round pick. You know, maybe, maybe the, maybe this year's Terry McLaurin, a guy you could get, get late in the third round um, could be Chase Claypool this year. Not, not that, um, like I said, I don't, I think Claypool is like the, um, you know, the, one of the top, you know, five or six wide receivers in dynasty, but he could be Terry McLaurin. I mean, he could come out of the season and, and be a guy that you, you is certainly in the conversation for top 20. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and and I, I'm with you. I don't think you should go out and spend a first to get him, but. Yeah, he's definitely going to creep on creep on up after that game. Like it'll matter for his end of season stats, like quite heavily. So that I, I, it's just it's just kind of fun through week five. That there's just you know he, he's kind of a uh, the biggest one is that he was tied with with OBJ from last year for total touchdowns and DJ Moore. You know, two like OBJ kind of a you know just his his asset value just goes up and down all the time. But DJ Moore was such an ascending asset coming into this season. Uh, Robert Woods is just – I just put that in there because it's funny that Robert, Robert Woods scored so little touchdowns last year. And then and then Mike Williams because he was the opposite of what he did the year before. That whole regression went that complete opposite direction. Yeah. Um, it, it'll be fun to see what happens with Mike Williams. I know Keenan Allen was hurt, but Mike Williams in that, um, th- that game against the Saints, you're reminded about – how good he can look it's, it's especially with contested catches man mike williams that he's 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 one of the best <laughs> so uh, it, it, it'll be fun to see if, if justin herbert can can bring more value out of him you know 
Yeah, it's all, it's also just fascinating because I've I, I have such a hard time pinpointing his like dynasty value because you know early pick like missed a lot of time early on, then had a bunch of touchdowns on a lot of yards, a bunch of yards on a lot of touchdowns. Like like good luck predicting that. Hey, Will, can we can we talk about the tweet of the week? Yeah, we we can pivot. The, the other one, just one quick more fun stat, Ryan. Uh, OBJ already has his high watermark in rushing yards. Classic Stefanski offense. <laughs> what, what do you mean his high watermark for his career, you mean? Yeah. It's the most rushing yards he's ever had in a year has already happened in 2020. So we knew Stefanski wanted to run the ball. We didn't know that all, all players would be involved. Hey, were you disappointed with, with Kareem Hunt last week? Out of curiosity. Because, because I think some people were expecting him to just just have – I mean, he, he's, he's had a really good year so far, but um, I, I'm just wondering if you're – I mean, I know – and it was, it was the Colts' defense, and they, they're, I think they're pretty good against the run, but um, did, did not have an amazing game. Uh, I mean, I don't think so. He's, he had a, a touchdown, right? Like, he was fine. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, you know, um, he, he got 20 carries, 72 yards uh, rushing. So, so, you know, not so great. But I think that his receiving um, yeah, kind of saved him, with, you know, three for 21 on the touchdown. So, um, just interesting. I think, I think Kareem Hunt's an interesting guy to, to watch as, as I mean, the year goes on. Yeah, when, when fantasy points are involved and a player puts up two touchdowns, it's hard to be really disappointed. Did he put up two touchdowns or they just scored one? Didn't you just say a receiving touchdown too? He had a receiving touchdown, no, no touchdowns on the ground. Okay, so one okay. touchdown. So, but yeah, other than week one, every game he's played, he's scored at least a touchdown. So, uh, two, one, two, one. So, if he keeps at that pace, yeah, you're gonna be pretty happy with Green Hunt. Um, uh, quickly, Ryan, though, Josh Jacobs is only 58 yards, seven targets, and five catches away from meeting his 2019 total. Wow, in receiving. Awesome. Yeah, but let's keep that up. Let's keep up that trend. That's that's a, that's what one of the things we wanted to see with Jacobs. We knew we had, we could do it, but but would the would that offense allow him to do it? So I'm I'm glad to see that's happening. So the the tweet of the week comes from none other than the Podfather. Uh, you all know him. You, you might love him, you might hate him, but I do like this tweet that he put out there uh, this week. Um, After the most catastrophic week for rookie running backs, this is the week to start trading for rookie running backs. Seven targets for James Robinson, five targets for Antonio Gibson, efficient game for Akers, swift on by. Everyone underperformed in a week where numerous young wide receivers went nuclear. Bye, bye, bye. So what do you think? You, th- what, you agree with the pod father on that tweet at fantasy underscore mansion? Well, you think it's the time to buy the, the rookie running backs, or you think that's just not great advice because the, the person that drafted Cam Akers or Swift, they're, they're not going to give up so easily on these guys. Well, of course you should buy low on the rookie running backs. I just don't, I just don't see a lot of value in the, in that message because there's, unless you like find the one person in your league who's like, yeah, Andrew Swift has done anything. I'll trade him for you know Tyler Lockett. Let's go. Like that type of scenario. I, I just, it's it's, what are, what are you moving for those rookie running backs? It, it's there's just I don't know. It's it's hard because I don't think the the value has been expressed with the with these guys yet yeah and and for me i think that um i think most i think most people realize that um the running back position is so key in in most leagues i mean it depends on your scoring um 
because I'm in a league where the wide receiver p- position is like the premier position and you want to have as many stud wide receivers as you can because the running backs just don't put up as many points. But most leagues, your running backs are at least equal to other positions, if not greater. Um, especially in like half point and full point PPR leagues. I think maybe not full point, but half point PPR leagues where guys that they catch the ball a lot. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, 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 even if you were sending a, a, a you know, a stud wide receiver, uh, for example, I, I got an offer. I think it was for uh, um, they would send me DJ Moore, and I would send Antonio Gibson and some draft picks back. And I and I said to the owner of the league, like I, I don't I don't need a wide receiver in this league. It's just so much easier to acquire wide receivers. You don't need, you need as many of them. And and running backs, it's just they're, they're golden in most leagues. So I think most people know that. So yeah, and at this point with Gibson's usage, you kind of have to like wait it out. You know, it's been some weird weird usage. Uh, in, the, in the receiving game with the other running backs in that backfield, but uh, it's the, the 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 hard part, Brian, is the, is the buy, because what like does that mean? Like, are you selling? What are, what are you selling to get them? Because chances are, like everybody in dynasty right now wants to sell a wide receiver for a running back, right? So, what would you give up, give give up as a running back asset to get one of these guys? Like, are you, you know, this is the, you, you know, like like Zeke. Are you going to get one of these rookies plus something to try to buy low because the rest of your team has been decimated and you're trying to figure it out? Is it, you know, Josh Jacobs, you're, you know, you're getting one of these rookie running backs, maybe even two of them in a deal for a team that has them that has been surprisingly competitive. It's not saying, saying to buy running backs isn't, isn't easy. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you and I, I, I don't have the answer to that. So I, I think, I think it is hard. I think what he's saying though, is if you have chase Claypool on your team, um, maybe now is a time to trade him for DeAndre Swift. Cause, cause maybe you could get that deal done. That's possible. If, if someone's really excited uh, about it, I'm not saying that's likely, but you know, in a two out of 10 leagues, you, the, the owner might say yes. So what are you, are you saying chase Claypool in a first is like your max offer. Like we're, you know, it may not be where you start, but where you finish. Chase Claypool in a full first for Swift? No, I think there are some people that are hyped up enough where you could you could send Claypool and maybe maybe add on a little extra. I don't think you'd have to add on it first. I'm not saying it's it's likely, but I think there is you can have some success. And I, I think I think we see this with certain owners too, where they uh, I don't know how, how they have the time where they like pepper out in leagues, like they decide, okay, this guy's not done anything for a while, um, and I've got this hot asset. So this hot asset where I have them. I'm going to pepper out offers and see if I can, I can turn, you know, that magic that they had in week five into this, this player I like more that hasn't done much. Yeah. I just, it's like, it should always be trade for rookie RBs through five weeks that are underperforming. And it's just like, that's dynasty one, dynasty one Oh one. And and Ryan, speaking of targets for running backs, so the top five running backs and targets for this year. So Camara is 44. Mike Davis is 32, Zeke has 30, and I'll give you a hundred bucks if you can guess the next two. I'm and guessing total the Anto- targets in the season. I'm guessing Antonio Gibson's on the list. Nope. No, James Robinson. No. Miles Gaskin. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one. Did you name Kareem Hunt already? No. No. Okay, I give up. JD McKissick. Oh, J.D. McKissick, that is surprising. They both have 25, and that's just total because if you look at, like, uh, targets per game, uh, Aaron Jones and Miles Sanders bump up, bump up above them. But how about that? 
Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I, I pulled out, I, I, I promised I wasn't looking at the list. Obviously, I would have done better if I had been. But I, I just pulled up the same list, and I noticed, you know, Chris Carson on the list, 23 targets. That's really interesting for Chris Carson. I wonder what his career high is. Well, and he's had a couple, he, a couple of receiving touchdowns early on. He's, like, Chris Carson has been a stud. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he had 47 targets last year, 37 receptions. Here he has 23 targets, 21 receptions. Um, yeah, Chris Carson is interesting. That actually kind of he's segues. One, he's one reception behind DK Metcalf. That I, I, I guess I'm. That's interesting. I'm skipping ahead. I'm skipping over something, um, and I'll, I'll go back to, to this. But but since it segues so nicely, um, this was uh, gonna give credit to Tony Mayfield. So this is a, a new segment called the Group Me Chat Poll of the Week. So thanks to Tony Mayfield for this. Twelve team half point PPR. Which RB you want for the long haul? And we're not talking dynasty necessarily, but it was. Chris Carson versus James Robinson, two top 12 running backs. Um, so, so he got Will um, rest of the season. Chris Carson with that uh, uh, often injured Chris Carson, I know, but he's in that Seattle offense. He's on pace for career high in receptions or even go James Robinson, the rookie phenom. Well, I assume like long haul meant dynasty and I voted on this, Ryan, and I voted Carson. All right. Yeah, I, 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 maybe he didn't meet Dynasty. Hmm. I, I voted too. I voted Carson. I'd take Carson either way, you know, obviously in redraft. But um, I, I, yes, there's an injury risk, but just being part of that offense, what well, he's done so far. And, and what, what, what's trading Carson to? So, Ryan, that's a good segue into the, you know, trading for the rookie RBs. If you're a team that things haven't gone as planned, are you sending Chris Carson plus for Cam Akers, Jandre Swift, J.K. Dobbins? Uh, I assume Jonathan Taylor in CEH are probably still like off limits at their current value because people are going to sell low, but even those other three. Yeah. I, I think Chris Carson is certainly a good trade candidate for uh, someone that's not contending. Um, I think if you're a contender, you know, I, I know a guy like him, you know, what, what, what he was drafted like late, late draft pick. Um, yeah. Like six or seven around. Not, not under contract. So his, his future is questionable and he's a guy, the way he plays tends to get injured. So, um, but I don't know if you, you got a guy that is, you know, a, a, one of the, the top running backs this season, <laughs> number, number five, he's number, he's number, is that right? I got to sort my scoring here. PPR number five. He's running back five. Hard yeah. to give him up. Will. Well, and, th- and things are skewed too. Cause McCaffrey's out, you know, and, and, and Barkley's out and we've had like Derek Henry hasn't played as many games and Miles Sanders missed the game too. But, uh, Okay, but you you that's okay, you, problem, you add those guys down the list. He's still top ten running back. You know, it doesn't it doesn't doesn't yeah. Doesn't mean and he was last year, so was, right. Chris Carson was he, Chris Carson was a top four running back last year. Yeah, I just feel that like people we, we maybe it's a mistake. You know, kind of like kind of like Aaron Jones. You know, um, uh, some people kind of slept on him going into last year, and then and this year we certainly slept on him. A lot of people did. It's like oh, you know, he's, he's still not signed long term. I, I believe and. You know, he, he's not going to do that again. He can't score as many touchdowns. And what is Aaron Jones doing? Uh, you know, through four games, he has six touchdowns. Um, he, he looks amazing. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, sometimes I think we, we outthink ourselves, right? We, we're, like, looking to the future, and we think, well, this guy's not under contract, and he was drafted late. But, you know. We, we will always outthink ourselves going <laughs> to draft. That's just a guaranteed. Right. Uh, but Chris Carson is somebody that I've, I've been wrong on two years in a row now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, but, it's still, even though we just said that, still not a guy I want to go out and acquire in Dynasty. I'm certainly not. I'm, I'm happy where I have him, but I'm not going to. I mean, he's a firm, I think he's a firm hold for me. And I, I honestly think to trade him, um, you know, where I got him, I'm, I'm a contender. It just, it's not worth, I mean, it's not worth it. I'm you're not, not going to get, get the value. You, yeah. you won't, you won't get the value back. It's, it's, right. it's one of those pieces. And again, it's, it's the, it, it, it's like the opposite uh, point of the pendulum with the, like a rookie running backs. Like people don't want to trade them because the future asset value versus like the producing running backs. Now you won't get what you want for them. It, it's, it's the, the classic dynasty conundrum, right? Let's, so we need to pinpoint the guys that people can actually trade for at some point here. Yeah. <laughs> our podcast. <laughs> some point. But so far, gonna... so far, I feel like our, our general consensus is, uh, Trading trading's tough with these with these players. <laughs> That's such a weird year too, Will. And and I think it was I think it was Izzy Alcafas that um uh said on Twitter and I, I tend to agree with him. This was a couple of weeks ago. I almost made it a tweet of the week, but I, I didn't put it in the show sheet. That you know, th- th- with COVID this year, this is not the year to um you know sell future draft picks to to chase a championship because of all the uncertainty. And I tend to agree with that. I just think that um yeah if you're if you're not contending if you're out of it uh, probably a good idea to 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 sell players but if but even as a contender if i'm one piece away let me be really hesitant to make a move because i feel like this year more than any other just you know two or three of your studs could just go down in a week or somebody gets covid and championship week and they don't play the game i just i think there's so much uncertainty that i'm certainly not going to be as bold with my contenders as i maybe i would be in the past because just i just feel like there's so much uncertainty so I think it makes it hard to, to, to trade, at least for me, mentally. Well, you just have to lean in. You have to either lean into it or, or go out of it. Everybody deals with the same set of circumstances with the, you know, with the trades. So if you're a contender and your league has set some sort of parameter, like if 10 weeks are played, the top scorer wins the league, you know, and it goes, it get, you know, it goes by that. Or if it goes into week, we might have to start making contingency plans for week 18 based on some Goodell, mm. Goodell conversations, which that I really hope that doesn't happen because that really does wrench in it. Well, you all knew coming this year that it could be weird. You need know, to make plans for it, but it's, uh, it depends on what your league said at the beginning of the year, what you want to do now. Uh, another thing, Ryan, about like young running backs with these younger rookie uh, running backs that aren't performing, uh, Miles Sanders has already equaled his 2019 rushing touchdown total. That's kind of a fun stat. Wow, that's a great stat. I love that. The bright spot in that Philadelphia offense, Miles Sanders, I think. Um, so I think, I think he is as, as advertised and, you know, as you point out, you know, he, he missed a game, you know, still running back 15 and, and I'm sure he'll climb up the board here as the season progresses. Hey, well, we should probably not go into, not the two minute warning, but we should probably go into our two minute offense here and, and, and start to start to move, move the show quickly because we still have a couple things to talk about and we, we've, we've had a great show. Um, not always a lot of talk about dynasty, but a lot of talk about the NFL. Um, so let, but let's speed it up a little bit. And I, I want to make, certainly make sure we talk about the conversation we had before we started recording, buying into the change we're seeing. Cause I think that's an important point to make. So, um, where do you want to start with that quick conversation on buying into the change that we're seeing? Well, one, I think there was, uh, an, an interesting post, and I think this is a great topic for conversation, is would you trade if you had guaranteed the one-on-one pick in 2021 rookie drafts for Dak Prescott and vice versa? So for me, I am going to – so I have the, the one-on-one. It's yeah. the Flex League. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll trade deck for the the 101. I think because because I think there's some uncertainty on how he can come back from the injury. Um, and, and I'm just, I'm just that bullish on on Lawrence right now. I, I just I just am. Um, maybe it's a mistake. Maybe it's it's a dumb move. And and you know probably I wouldn't like. Maybe that's where I would settle for. I wouldn't maybe start start the conversation there because I think I could get more maybe. Um, but I'm not really sure about Dak's value. I, I don't know how people are viewing Dak. I, I you know it's not like I've tried to shop him in the leagues where I, where I have him necessarily, um, and maybe I should. So, what about you? Yeah, and I think at this point in time, to me at least, if you were guaranteed the 101, the better asset to have at this moment is the 101 in rookie picks in 2021. I mean, Dak, Dak could have complications. There could be a lot of things that go wrong. If you're just looking like risk versus reward, I think the safer asset at this point in time is the 101. Right. And, I, you know, obviously big on Trevor Lawrence. Or like Justin Fields when the Big Ten comes back and he really booms. It, you want somebody who, you know, Justin Fields is a more athletic quarterback than, than Dak Prescott is. And that's saying something because Dak Prescott is athletic. You know, that was on kind of a designed run that he hurt himself. So... Yeah, it's it's probably it might be foolish. I, I you know on one hand with the 101, it, it's a piece that doesn't like decline in value, right? Because if Dak has complications, let's hope he doesn't. Then or Dak, you know, goes to a, a worse situation. Have a, you know he signs with the Chicago Bears? No, nope, the nine, the right, the Niners <laughs> trade for Dak Prescott. Niners. <laughs> um, so his value can certainly go down with that 101. Uh, you know, in theory, the the value doesn't go down, although. Maybe that changes if, let's say, heaven forbid, Trevor Lawrence has a career-threatening injury. Knock on wood, that doesn't happen. Um, where you know, I, I'm as much as like Justin Fields. I, I I don't see him in the same light as Lawrence personally. So, yeah, um, yeah. But I, I think that's I think that's good. I think I think it always is good. And like we were talking about before we started recording the show, you, you do have to. It's risky, but if you're you want to be successful in dynasty, you got to see these things coming. Um, I think back to Saquon Barkley, like really early on before the NFL draft, um, uh, you know, in, in startups, um, you know, he's kind of going maybe early second or late first round. And some people were saying, well, that's crazy. He's never played. He's, he's really good. You know, he's really talented, but he's not even in the NFL yet. And continue to climb and climb and climb. And, um, you know, if, if you decided not to take him, you, you know, in the late first round, you, you missed out on a really premium asset for your dynasty team so yeah you do have to look into the future and, and, and take some risk and if you if, if you see a guy like trevor lawrence that that, that looks like he's going to be like truly great then you got to go after it yeah he's like the saquon barkley of quarterback prospects so yeah i think so i think he is um i, lo- I love the next thing here before we get into our hot we'll do hot boats place he takes quickly um and maybe we'll just skip the two minute warning after it takes because we're we're running so late but um, but you want to set this up? You want me to set it up in terms well, just, of it's, it's, rank these wide receivers? Yeah, it was the other one uh, that was posted. It's just rank them, Ryan. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas, Calvin Ridley, and DK Metcalf. Yeah, and, and I know this is going to – well, maybe not come as a surprise because we talked about DK Metcalf earlier, but call me crazy. Um, actually, I'll, I'll put Tyreek Hill number one, I think. Hill – Metcalf, although Metcalf and Hill, it's really tough. Can I can I have a tie between? No, you can't. You can't right, you can't. All right, let's, let's be bold. Let's it's be bold. Not, not this may point. sound really dumb. Metcalf, Hill, uh, Thomas, and Ridley. What about you? Yeah, this is super boring. 
<laughs> what? I think at this point in time in Dynasty, I would take Metcalf, Hill, Thomas, and Ridley. I think Ridley's kind of a distant fourth, though. Yeah. Yeah, I do, too. Like, that, that maybe he shouldn't have been including this. Like, maybe if you put Lamb in there, like, where you're taking a startup. Mm, that's that's interesting. I I think I would still have Lamb after those those top three, um, and I we we talked about this earlier. But with, with TK Metcalf, it's just the, it's really the age thing, and it just we've seen it. I, I love and I love Tyree Kill, and I think where why I slip him to number two. I mean, he's a little bit older. Um, uh, they both have great quarterbacks, but with Tyree Kill, there's there's still that um, fear I have of of, and I think some of the troubles he has had in the past is is, is not because of him. I think it was just he. Who's, I don't want to say set, maybe maybe he was set up, but we don't need to get into that. Um, um, but anyway, Metcalf is is the real deal. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'll say that. I think it's fair to say that. Yeah. In terms, of, in terms of value, you could probably get trade Hill for for Metcalf and get a little bit more. Maybe. I'm a little bit worried about Michael Thomas, uh, and I know the the injury this year it'll take away production for the season. But then after being suspended for a game and the team like after the big contract, I just don't. It's, it's it's hard to deal with that, but then he could be like, you know, Terrell Owens, but same with the same team who had behavioral issues, but still an absolute stud. I want Michael Thomas to be higher than like Tyreek Hill and and Metcalf. I want to still say like, you know, let's let's not read too much into this, but at this point in time, at this exact moment, I feel like it's it's necessary to move it down a little bit because we don't know. And age, and the quarterback he's associated with. Even if Drew Brees keeps playing for you know a couple more years, I think it's pretty clear that Drew Brees is not the same guy. I think he's a really good quarterback, but um, not what Drew Brees was you know two, three, four years ago. So, what if the Saints bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick next year? Oh, never mind. Number one, Michael Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's let's uh, quickly advance this. Let, let's get into the hot, bold, spicy takes really, really fast. If, if we recap last week, um, we actually did very well because. You indicated that Travis Fulgham would, would be the um, a top three wide receiver, and, and I said that Chase Claypool would be the number one wide receiver last week. So we nailed it. So we Boom. both got Carolina Reaper takes. No, I'm kidding. We didn't do too bad, though. Um, I think they're our best week, honestly. Um, you said that the Titans would explode, win by over 14 points. Te- Texans. Oh, did I, oh, I said Titans. Okay, sorry. The, which which they did. So, okay, the Texans would explode one by over 14 points. You nailed that. They won by by 16. Um, you, you also said that David Johnson would have over 150 scrimmage yards and one TD. Um, but David Johnson only had 103 all-purpose yards and no TDs. But real nine, close. Nine, 96 rushing. You didn't get it done in the receiving game. Yeah. But very good. And you almost nailed it. Um, I just got a little too ambitious with mine, Will. I, I, I said that um, the, the Panthers, they were underdogs, but they went by seven of the Falcons. I nailed that. They, they did win by seven. But Teddy Bridgewater was not a top three fantasy quarterback like I predicted, only QB 12. And DJ Moore, although I had a good game, he didn't have the 150 and one touchdown I predicted. He only had 93 yards and a touchdown. So I think the lesson here is whatever player prediction we make this week, we want to subtract about 50 yards from it and maybe we'll yeah. Be right. yeah we're good to go i mean at least it's worth if they're cheap enough in like dfs let's, let's go that's right i mean so robbie, I th- robbie anderson on the panthers is just what's going on with robbie anderson i mean i don't I don't, I don't get it um but it's awesome it's great um, he's on pace for like 1400 receiving yards right now 
maybe like 1450. And, and he's going to get Javier yeah. Hopkins and Diggs are on pace for over 1600. Metcalf is like real close, but fourth in overall or in receiving yards per game is Robbie Anderson. Yep. 48 targets, man, through, through five weeks. That's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, you know, another surprise looking at this list of targets, like Stefan Diggs, we really down on Diggs going to Buffalo, but uh, you know, guess what? That's a great fit for him. <laughs> he's been really good. I mean, um, if he's, he, yeah, he's over 100 yards a game. Yeah. Just barely, just barely, but over 100 yards a game. You're, you're, you're wide receiver five in PPR, PPR leagues. So, uh, sandwiched in between DK Metcalf and Terry Kill. Okay. Um, so it's time for week six, hot, bold, spicy takes. We've got five levels. We've got banana pepper, jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, and the almighty Carolina Reaper. Will, speaking of ghost pepper, I want to see if you want to make it a little interesting um, this week or a, a series of weeks because it turns out that Dunkin' Donuts has added a spicy donut for the first time ever. Did you hear about this? I'm not. It's the Thanks. spicy ghost pepper donut. It's described as deliciously daring. It's baked with the classic yeast dough topped with strawberry icing that's mixed with a blend of cayenne and ghost pepper, one of the hottest chili peppers in the world. It's offered today at your local Dunkin' through December. So what do you say, Will? Why don't we have a, make, make this a little friendly competition and whoever loses has to try the spicy ghost pepper donut at Dunkin' Donuts. I don't, I don't know if there's a Dunkin' like around here. Well, it's if not... What? Well, that's crazy. I mean, there's Duncan everywhere, um, but, but maybe, but but maybe not. And and you know, when I was in the Boston area before, it was was all over there too. Oh yeah, they're around um, here. <laughs> I can tell. Will is I did not talk to Will listeners, low listeners about this before I mentioned it. So <laughs> I I blindsided Will Greenwood, and and he's looking at his phone like. Well, it's really really close this? to my work. So there you go. And not uh, only, okay. So, sure, so, let, let, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So I, I don't know if we have to get our take right or maybe the, the game predictions, you know. If, this, if, should, if, this, this should just be every hot take. <laughs> the loser has to do this. Right, now in December, so, if, if the other person gets it right. And, and, and maybe, hey, maybe if we both lose, then we, we just both go get the donut. So we'll see. I might, I might do it anyway and just put it on Twitter just for- Yeah, I don't want to. I'm, I'm a spice wimp. So that's why that's why you have to get it right. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll 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 work it out off air. Okay, so uh, how about supposed to take? Do you, you want to leave this off? Or you want me to leave this off? Leave it off. We're gonna close the show. You're, so you're gonna close the show with your apple supposed to take. So mine is the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they're they're two point underdogs at home to the Arizona Cardinals, which makes sense because they have a horrible defense. But I think they're going to win. I think they're going to beat the Arizona Cardinals. And I think they're going to win with Zeke going for 150 total yards and two touchdowns. So that's my that's my hot boat spicy take. I'm, I'm actually dialed it down a little bit because I want to. I, I feel good about this one. I think this is. I think it's spicy enough, but I and it, but I think it's realistic enough. I think I might I might hit it this week. I don't know. The, the, the two touchdowns is tough. I just don't. I don't think that for Zeke. Yeah, with the, with 150 total yards. That offense, I mean, that defense is just so bad. If their if their comeback mode is going to be different without Dak, and this is a good transition. Red Rocket. Uh, you know, it, I don't know. It, I struggled this. I put a note in there. You know, the most total yards that the Cardinals have given up so far to a running back uh, was most certain week one. They gave up 151, and he had one toady. 
And Zeke, Zeke is, uh, you know, slightly slightly worse than Bostert, so. Uh, I don't know. I just, how does the offense come out? So the Cowboys win, which is a big, a big, like a big bridge to get over. Right. Uh, I'm going to go Ghost Pepper. All right. I think no, that's fair. I, yeah, I, think, I, think, I don't know. The 150 yards and two touchdowns is always such a big call. So I always feel like that's a Carolina Reaper when you add two touchdowns and 150 yards. All right, we'll go Carolina Reaper. I'll, I'll take it. All right, cool. I think it should be for that. For that, like I, I agree. Though. That's the thing. Like we talked about. I just I just got done saying I need to tone it down with with my player predictions, and, I, and here I go with saying Zeke 150 yards and two touchdowns. And obviously he's very good. He's capable of doing that, but it, it, it is a is a bit bold. I think the bigger thing is the Cowboys winning, right? But I just I don't know. I feel like they're going to be inspired. They um, they want to win the the NFC East. I mean, they do they. I'm trying to think. Do they lead that that division? I, I've, I've I think so. Two and three. Yeah, they 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 won last week. So they're two and three. They're the 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 mighty leaders, and, and they want to keep that up. So, um, all right. Well, let, let, let's uh, let's close the show with your hot, bold, spicy take. Yeah, Ryan, I'm toning it down this week. Uh, you know, keeping it real. So one note is uh, this just just came out. So I had to pivot a little bit in this. Because did you read about Melvin Gordon's DUI? I did not. Going between 25 and 30, 39 miles an hour speeding in downtown Denver. Uh-oh. Uh, and and he, he just got arrested for a DUI. Uh, and, <sighs> and the Broncos are going up against the Pats, which this might be a slow slog of a game. But Drew Locke is coming back. And my boy, Ryan, my boy, Philip Lindsay, is coming back from injury. And... So I'm just going off the rails with this take. It just threw this all out of control for, for a tailspin. Philip Lindsay, he's just gonna he's just gonna tee off, uh, and he's gonna end up with 145 total yards and two touchdowns for the Denver Broncos. Now, now, do they? Are you making a game prediction here? Or just this is just Philip Lindsay prediction. Oh no, the Broncos are gonna beat the Patriots. It's Ooh. nine and a half point road dogs. Yeah. I'm also going to bank that Cam Newton still doesn't pass like protocols and doesn't play. Okay. Carolina Reaper for sure. I I mean, the, the, the fact you're saying that they're going to, they're going to win is, is real, real hot. And then Philip Lindsay, 145 and two, man, I really hope this, this hits not, not just because I want to eat a donut, but because it's, it's awesome. It's an awesome (laughs) call. All right. Well, we got, we got to wrap it up. This has been an awesome show. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we are the Fantasy Joes. You can find us on Twitter at FF Joes. Will is at Fantasy Joe underscore Will. I'm at Ryan Livergood. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Fantasy Joes. Great Patreon show every other week. I'm sure we'll talk about spicy donuts on that show next week. On behalf of <laughs> Will, I am Ryan. We're the Fantasy Joes. Also, notes Alvin Kamara is on pace for 470 PPR points. Uh, Adam Thielen has matched his 2019 total in receiving touchdowns. He did have a rushing touchdown in 2019, but so far this year, he has matched that. Uh, Derrick Henry, Ryan, is on pace for 404 carries this season. Like he's back at Alabama. That's crazy. <laughs> it's, That's it's, that, yeah. Yeah, and OBJ is also tied his touchdown total from last year. I think that's it. I think it's it. Like that is the fun stats. I guess Dak, as we talked about last week, is not gonna. You know, uh, he was on pace for such this historic year. Did you mention the the stat you put in the show sheet about uh, about Philip Rivers? 
I, don't, I think we skipped over that. Oh no. Yeah, that was that was great. I had a fun quote. I don't know where you got this from. At his current pace, Philip Rivers won't pass Dak Prescott in fantasy points until week fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like all the McCaffrey stats last year. If he stopped in week twelve, no running back would pass him and things like that. But it turns out Philip Rivers isn't the solution. Oh brutal. Pick up Jacoby Brissett on your I don't think that's better. I just don't think like oh. it'll be better than Rivers. He's usable. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. So. I just neither of them are usable. It's a mess. It is. They should have. They should have just scooped up Ryan Fitzpatrick somehow. That's the answer for everybody. Just trade for Fitzpatrick. Well, for fantasy points. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. On your waiver wire, yeah. 